Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host, excited to be back once again, talking about that longest self-imposed period of unemployment many of you will have in your lifetime. It could be 10 years, it might be 20, heck, it could even be 30 or 40. It is what we call retirement. If you would like to learn how you can get safely through those retirement years, go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. And here you'll learn about risk-based retirement planning and the things that you need to do to get yourself down the mountain. Unfortunately, a lot of advisors out there are only helping us get up the front side. They're getting us uh, through the risk tolerance years, helping us to accumulate the assets. But as we get into those distribution years, things substantially change. And it's my job as a retirement risk advisor to help you navigate the various risks so you can enjoy the retirement years the way they should be enjoyed, which is to be the happiest time of your life. We're going to take a little different approach today as we address the topic for today's show. I'd come across an article from Cindy Lamoth in Yahoo who finance, where she talked about there being seven things that the middle class has historically been able to enjoy that are soon going to become unaffordable. I am someone who deems myself to be in the middle class. Most of the people that I've worked with throughout my career, I would say, are in the middle class. And so this was very interesting to me to see what she was going to be talking about and what some of the concerns were that she had and why some of these things that we've enjoyed for so long may be a thing of the past for certain families who have been able to participate in these activities or invest or spend whatever the case may be, been able to do so in the past. Now, to understand what the middle class is, let me give you some general guidance This was not in the article that was put together, but for a single individual, they deemed the middle class to be income levels between $30,000 and $90,000 per year. From a low end at $30,000, I don't know that I would deem that to be middle class. Pretty hard to cover a lot of expenses, even as a single person with only $30,000. But these are what the statistics tell us for a married couple. Going to start at $42,000 and go up to $127,000. If you do have one child, it will go up to $180,000. And for two Two children, two hundred and one thousand. I've got nine children. Not quite sure where that ends. If you were to add those numbers, nobody seemed to have those on their website. But it is becoming more and more expensive uh, for all of the things that we spend money on. So that gives you a general guideline of where the middle class would be. So if you look at your income, are you above there? Are you the the higher income earners? Are you part of the middle class, or are you below that? Uh, something you'll have to decide based upon your own facts and circumstances. Let's get into the article. It begins with the following uh, comment from Alyssa Huff, who is a real estate expert and owner of Sell House As Is. I've seen how the middle class currently enjoys some important aspects of life, like owning homes with manageable mortgages, sending their kids to college with the help of student loans, having health care coverage and saving for retirement, and even indulging in occasional vacations. And as they look at higher costs, what they're finding is the chance of these things continuing is something that's going to be problematic. She continues, as someone who cares deeply about financial well-being, Huff says, I urge the middle class to start planning wisely now to weather these potential storms and keep their dreams within reach. The number one item in this article is extended family trips. And they have a comment here from David Kremer, the CEO of CoinLedger. I would say the tradition of extended family trips, especially overseas, will probably increasingly be something the middle class can't afford in the coming future. 
in lots of ways, I already feel like the traditional family vacation has fallen to the wayside over the last decade due to a number of factors, COVID and inflation being some of those. And as we look at this, it is something that I realize can become more and more expensive. In fact, the average weekly vacation for a family of four, so if you've got two children going on a week-long vacation, somewhere between ten and $15,000. Well, if you're making thirty to $40,000, obviously not going to be able to spend that level of income for your vacations. This is something for me with nine children. It's substantially more than that. It's a big budget item as we look at the vacations that we've gone in and on in the past. And we ourselves are becoming much tighter in the things that we do because of the costs associated with that. Going to be something that we're all going to have to look at in the future, find ways that we can save money, do our travel different to be able to still spend time together as a family. One of the most important things we can do. Those vacations for our family have always been a highlight of the year. Want to continue to be able to do that, to, but to be able to do it in an affordable environment. New cars is the number two item. Melanie Musson, financial expert with Clear Insurance, said the middle class won't be able to afford a new car in the not so distant future. As you look at the cost of cars, they've gone up substantially over the last number of years. Average car payment right now for a new vehicle setting in at about $726 per month. That is a lot of money when we look at our budgets and how much is going out. If you're a two-income family where both of you have got to have vehicles vehicles go to work, may find a $1,500 a month payment a little out of reach. Maybe having to look down to those used cars. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. As a financial advisor and someone who helps people with money, used cars are generally a much better option. Not always. Had situations where based upon credits, pricing, the depreciation values on vehicles, buying a new car can still work, but most times you're going to get the benefit of a one or two year old car that's already had a lot of that depreciation taken off. Number three, private school tuition. According to Jake Hill, CEO of Debt Hammer, if inflation and high demand continue on their current trajectory, the middle class won't be able to afford private school tuition in the next five years. Tuition rates have been steadily climbing for years, and it's highly likely they'll outpace the middle class income in the near future. I was in a position when I lived in Puerto Rico where we had to send our kids to private school. I guess we didn't have to. Could have sent them to public school, but they, if you didn't know Spanish, was going to be very difficult for them to learn as well as if they did not have teachers. If you can imagine process here, if they did not have teachers show up, if they were sick, they just sent the kids home for the day. They didn't have substitutes. Many of the schools, you had to bring your own toilet paper in addition to all of your supplies. Definitely a different system than most of us have been, been able to joy, enjoy here on the mainland but it is becoming a very problematic issue when we look at those who want to send their kids to these more expensive schools. Average cost of private school per year, $12,350. I know that many of you spend more than that if you've sent your kids to private school. I've had friends that have spent as much as $30,000, dollars $50,000 a year per child to get their kids into private schools. But if you look at a middle-class budget, going to cap out in the, the $150,000, $180,000, $200,000 range, going to be very problematic to continue to pay those type of costs in addition to all the other things that we'll be talking about and covering today. Number four, home ownership and real estate, something that uh, many of us would have never believed that the middle-class American would struggle to get into. Article says, honestly, with the way things are going, a mortgage or house purchase might be something the middle class won't be able to afford in five years, said Carter Seth, CEO of Credit Summit. This is something that is becoming more and more problematic, especially if you live in high-income or high-cost areas where 
price of housing is above the national average. The median, which is the center home price, sets right now at about $418,000. And the average house price is setting at about $342,000. So if you look at your own budget and what it's going to cost to get into one of these properties, even for the average home, your payment just for principal and interest may be as much as $2,000 a month. And then you've got the property taxes, depending on what state you're living in, they may be substantially higher than others, but you'll have your property taxes and your insurance, which is another issue that I've noticed in articles I've read recently that is becoming very problematic. That because of the losses that many of these insurance carriers have had, especially in areas where you've had hurricanes, something like Puerto Rico or, or down in the south area where I live, if you go down into Mississippi or maybe into Texas, some of the costs of insurance has risen substantially to where many homeowners are struggling to afford the cost of that, uh, not only the insurance, but the taxes and the house and everything that comes with it. So hopefully we don't get so out of control that the middle class cannot enjoy having real estate and the benefits of having a home, especially because when we get into retirement, it becomes real difficult based upon our social security income and what most people have saved to be able to still make some type of a home payment, whether it be rent that you're paying or whether it be a mortgage payment, makes it very difficult for you to have the resources you need to get to a point where you can fully retire and just use your passive income to get you through those periods of time. Another issue that's coming up with this on the home front is some concerns in regards to family members being able to transfer this property tax-free. There are some various laws out there that are being proposed that would cause a taxation of the property, which oftentimes would mean that the property would have to sell. I know there's a community right next to where I live here that most of the people in the homes there have received those from parents or grandparents or great-grandparents, whatever the case may be. They just keep getting passed down and passed down, staying inside the family. But if there becomes a taxation of that transfer, and if it's 20, 30%, maybe 40% of the value, they're going to have to sell those properties most times and or instead of being able to transfer those homes uh, over to other family members. Number five is healthcare costs. And there are ever-increasing uh, costs out there as we look at it. Comment inside of the article, these expenses have been rising steadily, outpacing general inflation rates for years, and there's no sign of this trend reversing, said Mike Chihone financial advisor and owner of Principal Preservation Services. I know that for myself and my own family, it's been a big issue and maybe for many of you as well. I never thought that health insurance would be one of my largest bills. I, I don't currently have a home mortgage. So you take taxes, charitable contributions and health insurance. Those seem to be my number one, two and three expenses that we have on an annual basis. And it's going to continue to get worse. We have a family of nine, as I mentioned, we've got four of us only that are on the health insurance and we're still paying almost $3,000 a month for these benefits with a large out-of-pocket cost if something were to happen. And with the two disabled children that we have, they're on separate insurance or it would be substantially more than that. So that it is something that you've got to look at and take into consideration, especially those of you who are planning to retire early before being able to get onto Medicare. But even once you get on Medicare, the average cost is about $7,000 per year for all of your various medical expenses. And that's individually, not per couple. So if you're a married couple, it's going to be about fourteen dollars to $15,000 per year. And as you age, those costs are going to get more and more expensive. So it is definitely something that we need to keep an eye on and you need to keep into consideration for your budget as you get into those retirement years. 
Number six, leisure and travel in retirement. This was concerning to me because I know when I teach webinars that one of the number one items that people say they want to do when they get into retirement is to travel. In fact, this was one of the big goals for my own mother. My mother, unfortunately, didn't live long enough to be able to travel, but during the kid-raising years, there was just never enough money. And so the farthest they ever went, they did go to California one time. I remember as a child, we went to Disney World, or Disneyland one time. But other than that, they would go to Nevada to Las Vegas because I had an uncle there they could stay with, or they would go to Northern Utah. I do remember one time going up to Wyoming for a family reunion, but again, we were staying with family members. So it was very cheap travel. All they had to pay for is the gas. And most time the family members themselves were paying for a lot of the food we ate along the way. So it was not that expensive, but as we look today for other retirees, definitely something that they want to have the money to be available so they can travel and enjoy those leisure times because this is supposed to be the happiest time of your life. That's what retirement's all about. And if you're in a position where you can't do those things, it's going to be very difficult maybe for you to adjust to retirement life if you don't have things you can do because a lot of what you do is going to cost some type of money. Now, obviously, there's a lot of activities you can do in retirement that don't cost money that you can do for free, but there are things that many of you enjoy that will require some type of spending. The last one, number seven, in the article was safe investments for retirees. And I found this one uh, very interesting. It's something that's been promoted now for a number of years. And that is the fact that because of the lack of performance of what we would deem to be safe inve investments, meaning cash accounts, certificates of disappointment or certificates of deposit, as the rest of the world likes to call them, money market accounts, that historically they've produced such a low rate of return as we look back since the interest rates collapsed a decade or so ago, as we look back to where that was, we find that they have struggled to really keep up with inflation. And when you go through the last number of years we've had where inflation has been much higher than historical levels, definitely created issues with retirees being able to use those assets and stay ahead of inflation to where they can have the money they need in the retirement years. What you really need to have are products that are going to outpace inflation. Now, right now with higher interest rates, there are some companies out there that are paying rates of return in those basic check or savings, not checking accounts, but maybe savings or certificates of deposit or money market accounts where they would be higher than the inflation rate, but we don't expect that to last. And those are few and far between. So what we're finding is retirees are having to be more aggressive many times with the retirement structure than they'd like to be. They have to take more risk because they don't have enough funds to use the safe investments to get them where they need to be. Well, all of this really leads down to the importance of planning. As I read through the article and thought about what we do as retirement risk advisors, as I realized that all these issues can be addressed through appropriate planning, through being able to put financial structures together, to put budgets together, to look at our cash flow, to figure out the minimal amount that we can pay in income taxes, to address other risks that may pop up that could destroy a retirement, such as a long-term care event or having taxes double on us when we've got a bunch of money in our tax deferred accounts. All of this comes down and proves the importance of risk-based planning. And so if you're looking to solve the issues that you have from a financial side, your ability to maintain the lifestyle that you currently enjoy and you're wanting to continue to enjoy, I recommend that you reach out to our office to allow us to help you put a plan together so you can better monitor and, and 
adjust for the issues that are coming, the concerns that we have in regards to the lifestyle we're able to live, so you can at least see on the horizon what the problems may be, so they don't catch you uh, all of a sudden one year you get to a point where now you've got so much credit card debt because you continued to try to live the same lifestyle you had in the past but no longer could afford because of inflation, and now you're at a point where you've got a complete collapse of your financial structure as well as maybe your future retirement. That's not what we want. We want you to be prepared and aware so that you have a, a guideline and goals so you can do your best to get to that point to have the retirement that we all desire, which is to be able to enjoy those golden years, uh, hopefully with loved ones, uh, whether it be a spouse, whether it be kids or grandkids or friends or whatever it may be, we want to make sure that that's available. My name's Dave Hall. I am your host. Uh, I've enjoyed being with each of you today and look forward to seeing you again next week where we'll talk about a topic that is uh, affecting us as we look at getting ourselves safely through retirement. Hey, if you liked what you heard and you want more retirement risk education or you're interested in signing up for any of our many retirement-focused webinars, make sure you check out our website at retirementriskadvisors.com. We have a lot of great resources, tools, and information on retirement available to you right at your fingertips. And if you're on social media, you can find us at Retirement Risk Advisors on Instagram and Facebook. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Retirement Risk Show with our host and retirement risk expert, Dave Hall. We here at RRA don't just get you to retirement, we get you safely through retirement. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back with you again soon. 